I'm actually kind of wildly jealous of the resident composers. They basically write a piece for alarmal sound, which everyone should do and everyone loves doing. It's rehearsed a lot in their presence, a little bit outside of their presence, which I think is important. And then they just kind of get to hang out and, and spend time with the musicians, spend time with other composers. It's a great thing. There's a lot of collaboration between the guest composers and Alarmable Sound and the resident composers and Alarmable Sound. And then, of course, amongst the composers. Uh, Jolong said to me last night, he says, I feel like I've learned so much from being here this week. And that's a Pulitzer Prize winning composer saying that about a festival in the middle of Missouri. Dr. Singfield said, you know, I'd like to do something more, I'd like to go beyond the state of Missouri and make this a national or international festival. I think she really feels as though she wants to foster something that's new. And I remember hearing her say that she wanted to make Colombia the Vienna of the new music scene. I thought, that's pretty cool. That's several of the movers and shakers at the Mizzou International Composers Festival talking about all of the excitement taking place each year in Columbia, Missouri. We heard from Holly Harrison, one of the resident composers in 2014, Nico Muley, the distinguished guest composer in 2014, and we also heard from Mizzou professors Thomas McKinney and Stefan Freund, who was also the cellist for Alarm Will Sound, the ensemble in residence at the festival. Welcome to Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted, and this is part two of a two-part series featuring the International Composers Festival at Mizzou. Deep in the heartland of the United States in Columbia, Missouri, every year, eight composers from all over the world travel to hear a piece that they wrote for Alarmal Sound, workshopped over two weeks, and these are intensive rehearsals. These guys are very, very busy every day hearing their piece workshopped and attending lectures and master classes. And then they hear the piece that they wrote for Alarmal Sound performed in a final concert in the beautiful Missouri Theater in downtown Columbia. These eight composers are drawn from an applicant pool of several hundred, so this is really quite an opportunity for the lucky composers who are chosen to attend the festival. Again, the resident ensemble is Alarm Will Sound, a pretty unique ensemble, I would say. It's a 20-piece chamber orchestra that specializes in contemporary music. They are like the American version of the Ensemble Intercontemporaine in Europe. So this is a really crack ensemble and a wonderful opportunity, again, for these emerging composers to work with that group. Alarmal Sound has been the ensemble in residence at the festival since its inception five years ago. Let's hear this ensemble in action. I'm going to play a piece by Stephanie Berg. This is called Ravish and Mayhem. It was recorded live at the Mizzou International Composers Festival in 2012. Here is Alarmal Sound performing. Alan Pearson is the conductor.
It's a great piece. I chose that piece because it shows off the resident ensemble at the Mizzou International Composers Festival, Alarm Will Sound. That's Ravish and Mayhem by Stephanie Berg, who was one of the resident composers in 2012. That piece also, incidentally, was picked up by the St. Louis Symphony. So I think that's a great testament to the Mizzou Festival and certainly to the skills of this composer, Stephanie Berg. Let's turn now to audio recorded by Alarm Will Sound from the most recent festival in 2014. This is a piece by Michael Schachter. It's called 5678. Again, I was at the festival this year, so I had a great chance to catch up with them. And here's an excerpt of our conversation about the piece. My piece is called 5678, and it's a collection of four miniatures. Each is about two to two and a half minutes long. And the title refers to each of those miniatures being in a successively, you know, time signature. So the first one has mostly five beats per bar, and the next one is a really fast six, eight, and so on. But also it's a reference to the common count-off you hear in a bandstand, like right before you start the number, the drummer will say five, six, seven, eight, and you'll come in right after that. While I was writing, I was paying attention. I had this very dance-like character that was running through all the four works, and I wanted to draw a little bit of attention to that as sort of a very small framing device for the listener. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're writing for a 20-piece ensemble, and they're you know, all virtuoso musicians. How does it affect what you write? I think it really just opens up possibilities. I don't think it, at least for me, it changes my musical language or it changes what I'm trying to accomplish, but it makes, uh, it just opens a lot more doors that I might not think of available. Like I might have a rhythm in my head or I might have a certain kind of figuration that I would think, or maybe in another context, all right, well, how can I do this? That's really, you know, easy for most performers. And with them, I think it really encouraged a, a larger flight of imagination. In some ways that can be harder in that, you know, the Stravinsky quote, chains can set you free, that you really feel like because they can do anything, you can do anything. And, um, I actually think that working for this ensemble is a big reason that I sort of settled on the miniatures idea because I found myself having so many ideas of what I wanted to do with them that I was uh, having trouble kind of coming up with just a single dramatic arc within one movement to encapsulate all of them. And so I started saying, okay, well, maybe if there's a bunch of things I want to do, I could separate it into smaller, coherent musical statements. That's an excerpt of my conversation with Michael Schachter, the composer, whose piece 5678 we're just about to hear. And he's talking about writing for a 20-piece orchestra like Alarm Will Sound, where really every individual member is a virtuoso. I think the other great thing about Alarm Will Sound that's interesting is they are a 20-piece band that does not divide up. In other words, if you hire Alarm Will Sound, you have to get all 20 of them. You don't get four members or five members. So they're a touring ensemble. They all live all over the country, and they all descend upon Columbia, Missouri for two weeks for the festival. Let's have a listen now to this piece by Michael Schachter, 5678. Again, this is Alarm All Sound, Alan Pearson conducting.
Another great piece showing off this great ensemble, the resident ensemble at the Mizzou International Composers Festival, Alarm Will Sound. That's 5678 by Michael Schachter, who was one of the resident composers in 2014. As you heard from the vociferous applause, <laughs> the audience very much liked that piece, and it was performed live at the Missouri Theater. Again, the composer chose to write four miniatures. When writing for such a virtuosic ensemble as Alarm Will Sound, he decided it might be fun to do four different things and show off different qualities of the ensemble. Well, I mentioned that there are several concerts at the Mizzou Composers Festival, not just the final concert where the eight composers have their world premieres. In fact, Mizzou has a very, very good student new music ensemble, and we were very fortunate to get to attend the concert of that ensemble. And for me, it was a real treat, too, because there was a wonderful piece called The Rising of the Moon by Professor William Thomas McKinney, who is the first professor I ever had a music theory class with way back in 1991. So what a treat for me to visit the Mizzou campus again to see him again and to hear his music, and of course to see what great work he and his colleagues are doing at the Mizzou International Composers Festival because it really is becoming such a go-to festival for contemporary music. It was so much fun to talk to William Thomas McKinney about this piece, The Rising of the Moon. There's a very interesting story behind it. Here he is to tell us about this piece. The piece that I wrote uh, is kind of, I guess I'd say inspired by an Irish ballad called The Rising of the Moon. And The Rising of the Moon uh, was written by a Finian poet around the middle of the 19th century, 1850, 1860, something like that. And it was actually based upon an Irish uprising that took place in 1797. And the ballad deals with the calling of the Irishmen together. Now, this was not an organized military force. These were farmers and peasants and, and things of that nature. And so they gathered at the river, at least according to the ballad, and their instruments were pikes, which were 
long poles that had a spear on the end of it. And this was a fairly traditional instrument for military forces, but had pretty much fallen by the wayside. But for these people, this is what they had. And so they uh, have the, the battle with the British. They lost the battle, like the Irish did with most of the battles they had with the British. And the, they return back to their homes. And so the piece is a little bit programmatic, but I'm not trying to paint a picture of the whole kind of thing. So there's some emotions that I sense with that that I'm trying to deal with in the piece. And so because, according to the ballad at least, the British really decimated them. And so the people that were alive, again, returned to the river and then returned to their homes. And so the piece ends similarly to the way it began. That's Mizzou professor and composer William Thomas McKinney talking about the piece we're about to hear, The Rising of the Moon. This is a piece that commemorates a very bloody battle in the Irish history. Unfortunately, as we heard Professor McKinney say, one of many of these bloody battles in the history of the Irish struggle against the British. Let's have a listen. This is the Mizzou New Music Ensemble. Stefan Freund is the director. They are performing at the 2014 Mizzou International Composers Festival. Thank you. 
a haunting ending and that beautiful sound at the end of the piece is the water phone 
really remarkable percussion instrument. I think it's a really inventive use of that instrument. Such a beautiful ending. The piece ends very much the way that it began, as we heard the composer William Thomas McKinney tell us before we heard the music. That was the Mizzou New Music Ensemble, Stefan Freund, director, performing The Rising of the Moon by William Thomas McKinney. This is inspired by an Irish ballad by the Fenian poet John Keegan Casey, and it's commemorating an Irish battle against the British in 1798. Wonderful performance and a great example, again, of the work that they're doing at Mizzou, not just with the resident ensemble Alarmal Sound, but with their own students. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today's program is part two of a two-part series featuring the Mizzou International Composers Festival, in which eight composers travel from around the world to Columbia, Missouri, to work with Alarmal Sound in master classes and rehearsals, and then culminating in a final concert featuring eight world premieres. For streaming versions of this and all previous programs, you can visit our website at relevanttones.com. Today's program is part two of a two-part series featuring audio recorded at the Mizzou International Composers Festival in 2014. I'm going to play a really fun piece right now that was intended by the composer to be either a program opener or a program closer. Traditionally, these are really fun, percussive, outgoing, exuberant pieces. This is a piece called Fuse by Nicholas Omicioli. Again, I was at the festival this year and had a wonderful chance to talk with Nick about this piece. Within the last year and a half, I've, I've been pretty much done with school, but I don't officially graduate until this, this August. So... I've really used this last year to kind of reconnect with like why I got interested in music to begin with and it was playing electric guitar and like metal bands uh, and then that kind of progressed to playing jazz and blues and, and then classical guitar and I've been incorporating more like those popular music influences in my work lately and this one I just kind of went all in with it and decided you know what why not just write like a 16 bar blues sort of thing and, and see where it takes me. The blues form is so simple, it's usually kind of up to the charisma of the performer to, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of sell it. So how does that translate to a, a classical ensemble? Well, I think through like their Aphex Twin stuff that they've done, like I was like, okay, well, I think, I think they, could, they can manage this no problem. So uh, making the notation a little bit more simpler, something that they can really kind of dig into and, and groove. So like the materials are re- like really simple. It's just like a one, one, four, five, pretty much the entire piece. Did you ask them to improvise or how did you, how did you flesh that out? No improvisation, just everything's notated. So, you know, when I was doing jazz, I was never really good at improvisation. So my teacher encouraged me to write out all my improvisations and then learn how to play it. Uh, like just do it slow. So eventually those kind of turned into more of my compositions that just developed even more. So I kind of have that approach with writing now. Like even if there is some improvisation, it's really guided and it's really strict. But I decided to not do that for this piece though. That's composer Nicholas Omicioli, one of the resident composers at the 2014 Mizzou International Composers Festival, talking about his piece, Fuse. I love that story that he tells about how he became a composer, being a heavy metal guitarist and writing down his solos and all of that. Let's have a listen to Alarmal Sound performing this very, very fun piece, a 16-bar blues for a 20-piece chamber orchestra. Alan Pearson leads Alarmal Sound in the world premiere of Fuse by Nicholas Omicioli.
What a great performance. That's Fuse by Nicholas Omicioli, a piece that's based on a 16-bar blues, which really, when you're writing for a chamber ensemble, that can be kind of a risk because they may or may not be able to groove, but Alarmo Sound is clearly getting the groove in that piece, and I think the audience really responded, as you can hear. I was actually in the audience for that. I visited the festival this year, so I was one of those people screaming and hollering and generally going crazy because I loved that performance. Again, Fuse by Nicholas Omicioli, one of the resident composers at the 2014 Mizzou International Composers Festival. The resident composers, in addition to working with Alarmal Sound, also get to work with two very, very distinguished guest composers this year. The guest composers were Pulitzer Prize winner Joe Long and Nico Muley. I'm going to feature a piece by Nico Muley called I Know Where Everything Is. Now we're going to return to the concert of the Mizzou New Music Ensemble, again a student ensemble, but playing at a very, very high level. I asked Nico about where he got the title from that piece, and he told me about a friend that he had who apparently had a very, very cluttered apartment. And one day Nico had visited him and said something along the lines of, oh my gosh, this place is a total disaster. And his friend said, I know where everything is. Let's hear the musical representation of this concept. Again, this is the Mizzou New Music Ensemble performing Nico Muley's I Know Where Everything Is. Thank you. 
like to think of that piece as a musical rendering of the idea there's method to my madness, or perhaps trust me. The piece is called I Know Where Everything Is, and composer Nico Muley told me a funny story about a friend of his who had an unbelievably cluttered apartment, and when asked about it said that very thing, I know where everything is. I think it's a very funny story. It's a performance by the New Music Ensemble at Mizzou, an ensemble that is dedicated to performing music by established composers like Nico Muley, but they also perform the music of their colleagues. In fact, the very next piece that they played on that program was by Justin Pounds, who is a graduate student in the Mizzou School of Music. Let's have a listen to the Mizzou New Music Ensemble perform A Leaf on the Wind.
That's the Mizzou New Music Ensemble. We heard A Leaf on the Wind. It's by Justin Pounds, who's actually a graduate student at Mizzou. And that brings us to the end of this, the second part of a two-part series featuring music from the International Composers Festival at Mizzou. The Mizzou International Composers Festival features eight composers from around the world working with Alarmal Sound and also two very distinguished guest composers. They write a new piece for the ensemble, and then they get to work very intensively in workshops and masterclasses over two weeks. And there's a final concert in which there are no less than eight world premieres. I really think that's quite extraordinary to have eight world premieres on one concert. Columbia, Missouri, rapidly becoming a destination as the Mizzou International Composers Festival, now in its fifth year, continues to grow by leaps and bounds. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders with special thanks to Rory Hartong-Redden and Joshua Savageo. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, and for more information about the program and the artists we featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network. (laughs) ¶¶